This Knowledge at Wharton podcast was produced in conjunction with NIIT Technologies. For more information, please visit NIIT-tech.com. Lalit Dhingra oversees the Americas operations of NIIT Technologies, a leading IT solutions organization servicing customers in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. It has more than 220 clients across 16 countries. Dhingra joined NIIT in 1990 and was responsible for building the software services division from inception. He moved to the U.S. in 1997 as vice president and, in 2006, took charge as president, operations. He's an alumnus of the Indian Institute of Technology, Delhi, and Michigan School of Business. Outsourcing is growing up, he tells Knowledge at Wharton. It means more commitments from both sides. Our guest today is Lalit Dhingra, president of NIIT Technologies, Inc. And we're going to speak with him about outsourcing, where it's come from, and where it's going. Lalit, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for getting me here. So, uh, uh, we are going to speak about outsourcing, and uh, it, given your background in the IT industry, I would uh, very much appreciate hearing from you your perspective on how outsourcing really started uh, and uh, how it has evolved uh, to where it, where it is today. Well, that's a good question, and uh, let me start from the 20, 25 years back. So there, um, <clears throat> the, the one of the major issue was that okay, how do, how do we get our products to the market or applications to the market quickly? And to get the right kind of skills, um, there were a lot of consultancy. Uh, the companies like um, IBM, Accenture's, and um, EDS. So they were trying to find uh, resources which could actually. Uh, fill the gaps of the skills which are required to <coughs> execute those applications or projects or uh, the products. <coughs> that happened for a few years, and then uh, came the, you know, the f- first downturn <coughs> in 2001. Uh, one, not not the downturn actually, the 98, 99 when we're talking about the Y2K situation. So then all these companies wanted to get um, the Y2K fix pretty quickly and at low cost. So then there was a lo- emergence of a lot of offshore companies uh, out of India um, and other places which we call them a low cost cities or low cost centers where this, this work for Y2K fix started happening. And then also which was um, you know added by the economic down- downturn uh, because of the dot-com burst and um, 9-11 happening. <clears throat> so we had, um, there's a huge upswing in the offshoring of, um, you know, of the work from the American companies. And then came, uh, that was, I call it as that outsourcing 1.0. And then, um, they wanted to get more than the labor arbitrage or the cost arbitrage from this outsourcing. Uh, there were some different models tried, which was the risk-reward model in the sense that of fixed bid projects and starting the offshore development centers um, for for some of the large companies. Then when the 2008 downturn happened in the 
economy, then uh, the company started looking at various models. Uh, one, they were looking at how do we do work within the U.S. Uh, so a lot of insourcing also happened at that time because of the, the job situations in the, the country. And also they wanted to get more from the outsourcing vendors um, beyond the cost. They wanted to get um, how they can, these companies help them increase the, the business for them or increase the customer satisfaction uh, from, you know, from the outsourcing project. So that is what I call the outsourcing 2.0, which is happening today. <clears throat> right. so, so that's the one. And then there are a lot of shifts which are going to happen in the next coming year, which is the beginning of the outsourcing 3.0. So let's, let's turn to what are some of the most uh, common outsourcing models that you see today? And, and uh, which are the ones that you think will survive when you look to the future to outsourcing 3.0? See, I think what, what we call, uh, they're typical models in the sense that, you know, the companies have offshore development centers, um, or we call this outsourcing centers in the low-cost cities. Um, that is the, the, the model. Then uh, some of the companies wanted to set up their own captive units um, in the low-cost country or the cities in India, for example. So, um, and then we had certain small-sized companies wanted to get into this whole build-operate-transfer model. So the BOT was uh, prevalent for some time. Not very highly successful, but, you know, still there. Then some of the companies wanted to have joint venture with the other companies and say, okay, now this uh, could be a better way of doing things. And then... So we, which we have latest, the model which which actually we are pursuing with some of the companies is uh, what we call the virtual captive, which is a little more transparent than the other models and um, which helps the organization, has a great faith in the outsourcing organization and saying, okay, now since they are very open, transparent, and all the costs are very uh, openly given to us. So that is a new model, which is the evolved model. Uh -huh. Can you explain the virtual uh, captive model and, and what makes it uh, transparent? So the virtual captive model is like, you know, they set their own captive. Now it is the outsourcing company which is going to set their uh, development center in a particular city. It could be in the U.S. also. Mm -hmm. uh, so it could be in a different city in the U.S. or uh, it could be in a low-cost city in India or it could be low-cost city in Philippines. So, so the idea of this is that, okay, you know, we're going to get the resources which are required to do the jobs for the uh, for the customer. And they have a big say in recruiting those resources or what kind of salaries to be paid to those resources. The only thing which the outsourcing company does is to do the, the human resource part, the management part, or the administrative part of it. The rest of everything is very transparent, um, to the to the customer so most of the companies get very you know as i said you know have a lot of faith in in the outsourcing companies and the, all the costs are open and everything is uh, on the table so they also know that how much of profit the outsourcing company is going to make mm -hmm. so so that's why this is a very new model and um, 
uh, right now not many people are pursuing it but there are very you know there are select companies who have started to go into that route um, it satisfies the cost benefits it satisfies the getting the right kind of skills to the job it ensures that the ip or the intellectual property is protected um, and also uh, to certain extent the culture of that organization is also be part of the the development center which has been uh, put by the outsourcing company so this is um, i think this is going to be the future uh, of of the outsourcing going forward apart from the insourcing which is happening you know because of job situations i mean so so but what you said is really fascinating because we have seen in other industries like manufacturing for example that uh, even though there was a long term trend towards uh, outsourcing and offshoring uh, especially to places like china uh, these days there is a reversal uh, and and a lot of those jobs are actually coming back and people talk about reshoring rather mm -hmm. than offshoring do you see something similar in it and it enabled services as well yes i mean if you look at um, there's a lot of um, companies who are saying okay why and how do we create jobs in, in the us itself um, so the having a virtual captive itself within the united states is a fascinating thought yes. uh, in a in a in a let's say in heartland of the us or in a in a small city like augusta or a small city like utica um, in the north so if you look at um, that is going to be um, one of the trends uh the other is that okay they they want to participating more with the outsourcing company rather than saying okay here is the stuff you take it up and do it for me it's more that how do i participate into it how do i ensure that um the jobs in the us are secured how do i ensure that i get the right skill people so they want to part, they want to be more participated um, with the outsourcing firm so that will be the the biggest change we will see and also they will do not with only one vendor so the previous traditional is that okay we get one large company we do outsource everything to that company and say okay now you you take care of it it's going to be um more dependent upon what is the kind of skills a company brings on right and they will go to the multiple uh, vendors to get the jobs done so i think that's going to be the uh, the future trend so the the outsourcing companies have to really show um good processes which they had already had but the good domain expertise in the business which they want to uh, get the get the projects so so this that will you know keep everybody very honest to do a right job because the the customers or the companies in the US are not looking for cost arbitrage anymore they're looking for how you can increase my revenue or my business and how you can increase my you know the satisfaction with my customers and can you think in terms of our customers rather than thinking in terms of um, us so i think that's a big change that uh, that that's really interesting but uh, even if companies are not necessarily strictly looking for cost arbitrage uh, are there greater efficiencies from an economic standpoint uh, in some of the emerging outsourcing models than the ones that were previously used yes the uh, i think once you do outsourcing you are trying so that as i said there are two ways you you can look at outsourcing one is that i am i want to bring my product faster to the market and hence i need enhanced skills of people who can help me to to make me run faster 
So when I'm helping somebody to run faster, actually I am increasing economically his value. The the second is obviously they're looking at, a, you know, it depends upon how much percentage of, um, you know, the value you're looking from your outsourcing uh, partner. If you're only purely looking for cost arbitrage and say, okay, you can squeeze the, the vendors to come to, you know, to the terms, then you will not get the quality which you are looking for. So the people today look are very, very um, clear about how much of cost arbitrage or how much of value they want to get it from the outsourcing partner. So it, it seems to me that what you're saying is that instead of thinking about how outs outsourcing can squeeze costs down, that there is much more of a focus now on how much more value can you create for your client and your client's clients mm -hmm. and thereby participate in growth. Is that is, is that right? That's, that is absolutely correct. This is the way things are going to go. So, for example, if if to, to, today, um, i just give an example. If Emirates is going to outsource some of his IT portion to an outsourcing company like ours, mm -hmm. they don't want that we should think about Emirates. They want us to think about Emirates customers, which is the passenger today. That's right. so, okay. What value I can bring into his passengers? And what innovation I can bring onto the table, what new ideas I can bring onto the, which can generate more value for, uh, for Emirates or for a particular insurance companies. Mm -hmm. So they want to give the job to the outsourcing company. You can think about the person who's going to be insuring with that insurance company. So as a company, we have to, you know, look beyond our customer, but to customer's customer and see how we can bring ideas, bring, bring more, a new new way of thinking and then generating value for uh, for our customers. So that is what is going to be the change going forward. That is what I call uh, outsourcing 3.0, which will have more uh, collaborative efforts between a customer and a vendor. Of uh, yeah, between a company and a vendor, which actually is going to be outsourcing. Uh, you know, historically, there's one question that was always very. Uh, challenging for many companies uh, when they entered into some sort of an outsourcing or offshoring arrangement. And that is, what kind of work do you outsource? And what kind of work do you retain within the company? So where do you draw that boundary? Uh, do, you, do you feel that division is also going to change as you evolve into outsourcing 3.0? Yes. Um, How so? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be changing. Um, previously, what um, they were saying, okay, the work which is not very critical to that company, let's outsource that first. And then do uh, the, the critical work or, you know, the core work um, through consulting uh, within, the, within the U.S. So now, with this new models evolving, when we are having here is the virtual captive, for example, then the critical work can also move there. Mm -hmm. And... I always call this whole thing of any company is that I am actually running my business and I'm building something for my future business. Mm -hmm. So uh, the previously most of the, I call it the run part of the business was outsourced. The build part was retained um, by the company through their employees or through, um, you know, a little bit of partnership. But now I think the more shift on the bill side will also happen when you have collaborative approach because then they are not very scared of the IP threats uh, with those models. So that is a change which is going to happen. That sounds like a really huge change. Yeah, that's a big change. Uh, now, imagine 
you have a crystal ball in front of you and you're looking into the future of outsourcing, uh, you know, three to five years out, what do you see? What's, what's going to happen uh, in terms of the future of outsourcing trends? I think more collaborative. Um, um, I think the, that's the only thing, the more collaborative. Instead of I just give the work to somebody and say, okay, do it for me, and I'm just going to be reviewing it, or I'm just going to be participating a bit. But today it will be um, more participative, more collaborative, more thinking together, uh, more getting new ideas on the table. And any company which doesn't bring those ideas, the values for the customers, they're not going to survive. Uh, that's a great point to end on. Lalit, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Uh, thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.